Welcome to the Rural Insights Podcast, where we explore rural actions and policies that impact Michigan's Upper Peninsula and beyond. This podcast is brought to you by the Rural Insights Institute, working to ensure that rural citizens and policymakers alike have the information necessary to make good decisions. If you'd like to learn more about Rural Insights, visit ruralinsights.org. Now, here's your host, David Haynes. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Rural Insights Podcast that we're excited to have with us today, uh, Ed Legault, who is the head of the EDA in Delta County, Nescanaba, uh, and has lots of exciting things to tell us about. And uh, Scott Spira, who's one of our student researchers who worked on putting this together, is, is sitting in. Uh, so Ed, welcome, welcome. Uh, we're glad you're here. Uh, we were just talking about you grew up in, in Houghton, uh, moved as a young kid to Escanaba. And we were recalling the days of, uh, of Montgomery Ward catalogs. And we'll explain that to our younger viewers some other time. Uh, so, yeah, it's too long of a story. Yeah, it's the old person's version of, uh, of, uh, of uh, Amazon. But anyway, we'll... <laughs> uh, so Ed, tell us, I mean, Escanaba is, is one of our six biggest, I mean, Delta, six biggest counties. Escanaba is a, one of the five biggest cities in the in the UP. It's a thriving place. It's got a community college. It's got several hospital health systems, uh, both from Marquette and from, from Green Bay. So it's very unique in that sense. And it has uh, uh, a lot of difference that that a lot of people uh, in the UP don't know about. So I want to ask you, what's what's new going on in Delta County in terms of economic development? Well, you know, it, it, I know everyone has had a very interesting last year. And I had an opportunity to kind of write a year in review for Delta County. And, you know, you, with all the things and heartache that everyone has gone through, we really uh, still managed to do some really good things. Um, as far as uh, expansion in the county, we had uh, a couple of brand new buildings. Bay Bank built a uh, new branch in Escanaba. The uh, Peninsula Federal Credit Union built a brand new branch building, their headquarters. Um, the Island Resort and Casino did an expansion another 130 rooms in a water park and a very nice restaurant. Actually, that's due to open any day. Um, we've, we've had a lot of new businesses uh, either come into the area and start up, or we've had some existing businesses that have moved to, I would say, somewhat iconic buildings that were either not utilized any longer and repurpose those buildings to the historic gems that they were. Uh, another good example of that is in Gladstone. Uh, the Rialto Theater was repurposed by um, uh, Great Lakes Chiropractic and they have uh, a gym in there as well and they'll be adding some things, but we have a lot of really good momentum. Um, we have uh, a a handful of projects that are uh, in the planning stages and I think will come out very soon. Uh, an example would be in Escanaba, there's a request for code out for developers 
for the uh, old Delta County Jail property and some Escanaba City property. And then there's kind of a phase two with that. That would be the old Chamber of Commerce building across from the House of Ludington. Sure. And then some of the park area that uh, kind of butts up against the municipal dock. But all of that could be, and, and we're leaving some uh, obviously flexibility and creative uh, opportunity for the developer. But, uh, you know, we would expect to have uh, a mixed use type project, either hotel, some high end housing, perhaps some restaurant and other businesses. And it would really um, help the downtown in Escanaba at that end of downtown. And it's right next to where we have our harbor and our park. So as many visitors come in, it'll really be, a, a, you know, enhance the area for sure. Go ahead. Let me ask you, just to jump in for me, you mentioned housing. A lot of, uh, I did a just did a podcast with uh, the city manager of Sault Ste. Marie, and, uh, and I know in Marquette, they're struggling with the issue of affordable housing, middle-class housing. Uh, is that an issue in, in Delta County? Find I really think, housing? you know, David, I really think it's an issue everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been a lot of incentives to do low to moderate income housing, um, there is uh, great opportunity and high-end housing, high-end condos that developers can make money after they sell them. But it's that missing middle that there seems to lack the enhancement to take the risk to build that. And unfortunately, in the Upper Peninsula, uh, the rents for even you know a fairly nice uh, you know apartment-type living just don't offset some of the risks right now. So it's it's something that we're working on uh, with all of my peers and InvestUP right now to uh, hopefully get some of the American Rescue Plan money and have that be a fund that we can use to help uh, entice developers to build that affordable housing. Because it's really, in, in my opinion and in several people's opinions, the uh, some of the things that caused some of our best and brightest uh, younger people to move out of the area. Yeah, I, and absolutely. Uh, that's interesting. You're going through it too. What? What? Uh, the other issue we hear a lot from both individual from from workers, uh, especially younger workers, and from business owners is the issue of affordable childcare. That even if they can find the worker. Uh, the, the child care, we did a survey at Rural Insights, the average in the six big counties, including those with $672 a month per kid. And businesses have been telling us this is, this is a struggle for them, uh, for them and their employees, because their employees can't put their kids somewhere to kick on the right. Is that also an issue in Delta, Escanaba? Uh, we we had quite a, quite a few um, child care facilities in Delta County. And unfortunately, with the onset of the pandemic, we did have a few of them, uh, you know, they were owned and, and run by, you know, people my age that were probably looking to retire. And unfortunately, not being able to find the younger talent to uh, help out with, you know, making sure and there was, you know, obviously more scrutiny. So you couldn't have as many people close together. So you need more teachers from Hispanic control. 
But uh, actually, we just sent out today through um, Michigan Works and our Delta County Chamber of Commerce a survey to our businesses regarding daycare. Because yeah, we're we're really going to be in a situation where I feel we will get some money from the state of Michigan through the American Rescue Plans Act to help support either the wage structure or um, you know really get back to where. Uh, that type of childcare business attracts either the ownership of new businesses or some more people that want to go to work in that. I, a number of business leaders in the UP have said, including I talked to someone over in your area, the other problem <clears throat> is for, as they try to encourage small business people to open up childcare centers, is the state regulations are so burdensome. Well, Nobody wants to not have regulation to not protect children. On the other hand, uh, for a small business, it's very hard to survive that sort of very deep, I don't know what the right word is, heavy, uh, maybe unnecessary, I don't know, regulation. Is that something also that? Yeah, I I think we would, you know, I know when, when I worked in St. Louis and Milwaukee and some of the other for some larger businesses, uh, as an example, Citigroup, we had a 5,000 person building and we did have our own daycare. Um, but on the same token, there was the financial wherewithal from Citigroup to help fund that. But it was a benefit to its employees and helped attract more employees because, you know, if your kid got sick, they were real close. <laughs> you know, you didn't have to go somewhere. And for our smaller businesses, to your point, the paperwork and some other things are tough. And, you know, it's it's an expensive uh, opportunity for them. But, I, you know, if you're looking at ways to really attract some good employees, what a great benefit it would be to have uh, child care on site. So yeah, I think some of our businesses are looking at it. Especially, yeah, I think that's right. And also for as you attract younger businesses who will work off site and come on site, <clears throat> sort of a hybrid employee situation. Uh, you know, I think of Gladstone and Escanaba, Delta County as over my years, sort of a thriving, exciting place. They've always been innovative, a lot going on. And certainly in the healthcare area, your businesses have been very, you have OSF uh, in, in Escanaba, you have the two hospitals from Green Bay. Uh, I think Market General has a facility there yeah. now called UP Health System. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's always been sort of a, out migration because it's so easy to get from Escanaba over to Green Bay. Much easier. It's an hour, hour and a half shorter than it is for those of us that live in at least other places in UP. What what's healthcare challenges and benefits are there in Escanaba? Well, I, I think um, every healthcare system has had its challenges over the last year with the pandemic and such. But for for most part, I think. Um, all of our healthcare facilitators have done a great job and their people have just done a, a tremendous job under very tough circumstances. But we are really blessed in Delta County. Uh, OSF has been here for well over a hundred years and you know, they're a, 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 you know, basically a nonprofit uh, healthcare system. They really are involved in the community. They're one of our largest employers in Delta County. And uh, they are, I, I have the CEO of uh, OSF on my board, 
and they've just been, uh, you know, a great community partner for many, many years. And then on top of that, uh, having Bellin and UP Health Systems now, and, and to your point, the one thing that, you know, if you needed to go for maybe there were uh, some things you needed that weren't at OSF or in Escanaba or Delta County, you know, you, you might have to travel to Green Bay. Well, what we're seeing is now some of the doctors are, they have uh, service days in Escanaba, you know, maybe three, four days a month. And so if I need to go see them, I have the choice, you know, obviously if it's urgent, urgent, I'm, I'm going to Green Bay, but if I can wait a week, they might be here in Escanaba where I can just go see them locally. So they've really been flexible and it's, it's really been uh, a, a huge benefit for our area. Well, you, you've had the benefit of systems and non-systems. OSF, I think it's a mercy system, yep. right? A mercy, the system's yep. mercy and, uh, you know, uh, uh, and you have systems, I think that way you could feed into the system has been very beneficial. Uh, what, what, uh, uh, what is it that you think would most attract younger workers uh, and younger entrepreneurs who want to start a business to Escanaba? What, what is it? Oh, I'm sorry, to Delta County in general. What, what, what is it that you think well, the three things about? The, the one thing I'm seeing, and I would say over the last six months, David, I've probably had, um, I would say, upwards of 10 to 15 younger professionals that had somewhat of a business plan of something they wanted to start up. Um, you know, you've talked to enough business people, uh, the ones that are truly prepared and the ones that, boy, I want to really do something, but they don't know quite where they're at. Yeah. So, you know, in, in my job, I, I kind of serve as a, a counselor to, you know, find out truly what is their, you know, how prepared are they to start their business or what help do they need? And I can get them that help. But I, I really think what we're seeing now is there are a lot of uh, younger people that, you know, you you go somewhere else and let's say the money is is, you know, much more than I can make here. But it doesn't take a long time to figure out, yeah, I'm making more money, but guess what? My house costs more. I want to go out for dinner, that costs more. God forbid, if I want to get a beer, even that costs more. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I, I think what people are starting to see is once they leave the area, and I mean, even if you want to go, you know, walking or, or do something outdoors, you can do that elsewhere but it might take you 45 minutes to drive there. You know, here in Delta County in the Upper Peninsula, you know, I can do some of those things walking from my house. Right. And so I think people are starting to realize that um, I can make less money in Delta County. I can have more control over my career. And guess what? I can have the lifestyle and cost of living that comes with that. That's a benefit. And unfortunately, I think this is one of the things that we need to do a better job is actually um, educate people of that before they move away. So they understand it versus having to take three years. And, and in some cases, what will happen is, you know, they're going to meet their significant other and they're working somewhere in Milwaukee or wherever that is. And now my life's more complicated. I can't move back. Right. And so 
yeah, you know, I have a kid and you know how that goes. Your yeah. your life changes drastically. So my last my last question is I think the other thing when I think about Delta County is that it is the home of the regional of our regional college, Bay College. And and it has been it's also over in Iron Mountain. It's a it's a really truly a regional facility. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about how employee employers take advantage of the skill training. A student there can go at a very decent tuition for skill training, or if they want to just get the first couple of years done to move on to a baccalaureate at Michigan Tech or Lake State or Northern or somewhere else. It that's a huge asset. I mean, we only have three in the UP uh, community college. Well, they call colleges now. What what do you have to say about how employers view that? Well, I, I, I think they they view it as a tremendous advantage. Um, you know, Dr. Coleman and, and her group have done just a wonderful job at Bay. Uh, they're one of, you know, the few colleges that actually increased enrollment during the pandemic. Um, they've they've stepped right up with many of the programs, the reconnect program and some of those, and they were able to increase uh, enrollment, utilizing those at the same time, helping people that either had been our frontline workers or helping their skill base. And the other thing, a, a good example would be, and this is with the reconnect program, uh, engineered machine products in Escanaba, uh, they had a, a gentleman at a conference I was at that he talked about, I went to work for EMP, but I couldn't afford to go to school and go to work. And I had a young family. And with this reconnect program, it would help with the college expenses. And then his employer, knowing that with more training, and this is a really good hard worker, I can I can get where he's going to be more valuable to my company over the long haul. So what they do is they're extremely flexible and allow him to make his classes, knowing that he's going to put in his hours at work. It's just going to be over a staggered period or whatever that looks like. And that partnership between the employee EMP and Bay College has just been a tremendous success story and one that I, I think we'll see replicated across many of our businesses. Well, and that it, it and maybe explain but what my understanding always has been is so I've lived here is uh, before I said I do want to say as a former president of a higher ed institution that Dr. Coleman is an incredible talent and uh, a, a a real jewel for your community and she's a tough competitor I had to compete against her <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's on my board she's a tremendous well, tremendous leader. She is, she is a great leader. But I, the other thing I wanted to just quickly wrap up on is, you know, when we look at the UP and we, and we look downstate, uh, you know, there's manufacturing on the West Coast and the East Coast, but Iron Mountain, uh, Dickinson, Delta County, Menominee is really our manufacturing belt. The EMP is a great example of yeah. that. I mean, they, you, you all have that, that belt of manufacturing uh, that's very unique to the UP. Uh, how's that? That's got to be an advantage in attracting employees and, and bringing people to Escanaba. And, uh, yeah, and, and once again, I, I think it. Um, one of the things that we're doing is we work with our um, educators in Bay College as part of this. Uh, the 
uh, Delta County or the ISD at the Escanaba High School is part of that, and Doug Leisering's team. But what we're doing is we're really having to change the vision, I guess, with students and in many cases, parents, that it's not a necessity now for my child to go to a four-year university and still make a really good wage if their interests aren't there. You know what I'm saying? Um, they are technical education classes that start in high school, and we're going to start pushing those actually uh, kind of the interest into the middle schools and start doing some tours with some of our manufacturers. And what they have is they're going to go through the ISD. We're hoping to do some um, apprenticeship type programs with those people at our manufacturers because uh, Michigan Works actually got a big grant to do that. And the other thing that we're seeing a slight change in this is uh, through Dr. Coleman's leadership. In the past, their programs would have been two-year degree type technical programs. Well, what they found was our manufacturers liked them to go for one year and they learned and kind of got up to speed, but then they would want to take them out of college and get them employed and train them on what I can do, you know, with my business. And unfortunately for the college, it looked like they dropped out, but they started their career. Right. right. That's so what, what they're doing is they're going to come up with, um, with feedback from our manufacturers, some certification type programs that might be able to be done in a year to 18 months. And then they'll have that certification um, that, you know, uh, shows they've been successful in school and be a, a better candidate to go to our manufacturers, or in many cases, I'm sure they'll have um a job already for them, or they may already be working for that company. Yeah, that's great. That's a great explanation of how that works. But uh, I want to thank you. If I keep you much longer, your staff will never let me talk to you again. When I want to have an interview in January or February, and I hope you'll come back. I, I want to thank you. I would love to come back, David. Thank you so much for the opportunity, and uh, thank you for all you do and in, in the insights you share with uh, everyone else in the thank UP. You. Thank you. Thank you. And Scott, who is the world's best student researcher, thank you, my friend, for setting this up and getting it all done. And by the way, he's a hell of a golfer. So he plays on the NMU golf team. So if you ever need lessons, you can say, hey, I gave you the interview. Now you give me some lessons. Scott, I'm the former president at the Escanaba Country Club. So we'll have to go out and play some. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, thank you both very much and have a great holiday. Absolute privilege. Absolute Thanks, privilege. Right, thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Rural Insights Podcast. Brought to you by the Rural Insights Institute, working to ensure that rural citizens and policymakers alike have the information necessary to make good decisions. If you enjoy our content, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. You can also subscribe to our weekly email newsletter by visiting ruralinsights.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.